This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 74, Dave Ramsey versus Pamela Yellen, a bank on yourself battle royale. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. It's another great day at Not Your Average Financial Podcast headquarters here in Chicago, Illinois. Hope you guys are doing great. Uh, we are more than likely, depending on how this episode airs and what day, uh, we might be shoveling out from under heavy snow or out on the beach with uh, our grill and volleyball net. You never know, right? <laughs> Anything above 40 is another day in par- paradise. Uh, with me in the studio today is Holly Bach. Welcome, Holly. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Hello, everyone. So we've listened to a number of uh, calls Dave has done on the radio, Dave Ramsey, that is, uh, and I wanted to give you guys some of our feedback and specifically dive into some, I think, um, some of the claims that Dave makes when he is using logic and not just, you know, screaming from from the top of his lungs or using accusations or or mean-spirited comments, uh, you know, about whole life insurance and how it stinks and so forth. But if, if you really want to dig into what he's saying, some of his logical, semi-logical arguments, we thought we'd do an episode just on his three main tenets against whole life insurance and sort of uh, talk through those a little bit together today. And uh, we did find a couple of major gaps in his understanding uh, as we were listening to some of the, the uh, interviews that he's done over the years and uh, phone calls when people do ask him about whole life insurance. And so we thought maybe he's either, maybe he's just misinformed. So dear Dave, if you're listening, please know we're here for you. Uh, we're here to help. Uh, we can certainly help with that. Or, or if it's, un- unfortunately, if it's just maybe his unwillingness to admit to his audience, he might actually have a flaw in his, his thinking. I'm not sure which it is, but, you know, we did listen to uh, some of his uh, call-ins. We also went to directly to Dave Ramsey's website where he discusses term insurance and he talks about the the cost comparison of life insurance and you know on literally on his own website the site that sort of discusses his reasoning for term insurance he says if you practice the principles that Dave Ramsey teaches you won't need life insurance forever ultimately you'll be self-insured uh, why is that well because you'll have zero debt a full emergency fund and a hefty amount of money in your investments his own words there Uh, He says the same insurance companies that offer whole life insurance offer term insurance too. Uh, If one of of these uh, insurance companies can offer term insurance, why why in the world would you ever pick the the wicked, evil, rip-off Ponzi scheme of whole life insurance, right? Since term insurance is so clearly sweetness and light and beauty and grace and all the good things in this universe. Um, So what else did we find on the website, Holly? Yeah, I, another item to be found on his website, uh, another quote, in this is he's talking about term insurance in this part. He's saying, in the simplest terms, it's not worth anything unless one of you were to die during the course of the term. So term insurance, it, there's you know nothing gets paid out unless you pass away, right? So in its simplest terms, it's not worth anything unless one of you were to die during the course of the term. That's when you receive money. Of course, the hope here is you'll never have to use your term life insurance policy at all. So I read Mm. that, and to summarize this, the only way to get any value from this holy grail of a product is to die. But 
our genuine hope is that we don't die during that time. So therefore, we our hope, our genuine hope and goal is that we pay into something for 10, 20, 30 years and also hope we never get a penny back from it. So how is this product not the one being called the ripoff? <laughs> like in, in his own words, yeah. in the simplest terms, you get no value from this product That's unless nuts. you die. And we're hoping you don't die. So therefore, we're hoping you pay into something and never get anything for the, it. The best, the best outcome is you're ripped off. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> best case scenario, you pay a lot of money and get nothing. Wow. Yep, yep. <laughs> for, so for that matter, Dave's been preaching the gospel truth of, of term insurance for over three decades. So, you know, you know, since he's been so you know, pervasive in our marketplace, I mean, he's on the, sh- on the, on the radio for like two, three, four hours a day sometimes. Why hasn't the world figured this out? It should be plainly obvious to all of us. Why haven't all life insurance companies gone bankrupt uh, and been exposed for the fraud that they are? Why are so many corporations still putting billions of dollars a year into whole life insurance contracts? How could the, these super smart corporations uh, be so dim-witted? You know, Dave has made it so clear. We should just shut this whole thing down, right? So on Dave's cost comparison of life insurance webpage, he uses this calculator uh, from a specific website to prove his point. So he, we actually followed the link that Dave put on his own website, the calculator that he uses on his website. And I kid you not, Dave is assuming some different average rates of return than the own website he links to. So, you know, again, the, the calculator is a buy term, invest the difference kind of calculator on this other website offsite from Dave's own site. We followed the link, and the, the website he refers to is showing a much smaller rate of return, and Dave is hyping up the returns that you should be able to get in the marketplace. And he compares that tax-free nature of whole life insurance, okay, so again, back to that calculator, he compares the tax-free nature of whole life insurance with an investment in a tax-deferred qualified plan. So what does that mean? Um, that means that, you know, when you compare apples to apples, you really should compare something after tax. You know, so whole life insurance, you can get the money out without taxes due if you do it the right way, like we talk about and teach, uh, versus and compared to a ta- uh, something that's not yet been taxed, this 401k, for example. So you're really giving all the benefit to the investment product and forgetting to compare apples to apples of an after-tax equivalent with whole life insurance. That was a big problem I saw there on on the website. He also says that whole life insurance will only do 1.5% rate of return. And so, of course, that's after insurance expenses, taxes, and today's low interest rate environment um, where rates are projected from today out into the future forever. So that's how uh, whole life insurance illustrations are designed. So is that likely? By the way, is Dave's 10% or 12% average return likely? And what about the taxes due? Won't that lower your net return? So I had a a lot of big problems with his calculation, but what about his claim that whole life insurance is only doing 1.5%? Yeah, I mean, I think first off, I just want to see what his source for that is, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he's saying 1.5% and it's like, okay, I understand you're not licensed, you're not held accountable to anyone, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like... If you're just going to throw numbers out there, there's you got to have something backing it up. I mean, like 
I mean, us doing this podcast, we like scour for hours to find the data that backs up, mm-hmm. you know, the, the things that we say, or I really shouldn't even say it that way. We find the data and then we just share the data in the way that the data mm-hmm. is done. But it's just like for him to just be throwing these numbers out there. I mean, did he pull it out of thin air? And see a I mean, source, yeah. there's a chance because I scoured that page and I could not find anything anywhere. No little footnote, no mm-hmm. little like little tiny one. And then you follow the one to the bottom of the page and it tells you. I mean, if it did, it'd be like, you know, out of Dave's head is the source for that. Um, Which is enough for most people. Yeah. Or if he has a source for it, please, please, please share it. I would like to see it because I don't see that being realistic or the reality anywhere. Um, But, you know, we do actually have a reputable source that we are willing to share with all of you of someone who actually analyzed their whole life insurance policy and discovered that the market would have needed to be providing them with a 9.94% return every year just to keep up with their whole life insurance wow. policy. Hmm. So um, we have a source who actually, you know, ran the numbers and they break down their whole policy, the way hmm. their policy grew. Um, and they said, hey, if I had done an equivalent investment account, it would have had to have gotten a 9.9% return every single year just to keep up, not beat, just keep up with their whole life insurance policy. So I mean, Dave says 1.5%. This is looking more like 9.9%. We have a source. He doesn't. Hmm. Mm, (laughs) So, but we will include that source because we're not afraid to share it. We're not afraid to show it to you or have you analyze it for yourself. So we'll include that in our show notes for you to check out. Um, But if that's not enough, though, even on top of that, you know, I would even say just look up any insurance company that, you know, we talk about and and we at least work with. Look at their historical dividend rates. I mean, right now, dividend rates are at an all-time low, you know, as to what they've been historically. And they're still sitting in a four to six percent range, you know, depending on the specific company. And all the companies we we work with are still paying out dividends. They've paid out dividends for at least the last 100 years. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, even in the lowest of the low, we aren't seeing anything close to this, you know, 1.5%. Not to mention dividends aren't even the whole story. You I mean you also have your guaranteed cash value, you know, increase on top of that. So I mean, I don't know, dividends sitting somewhere about four to six percent, guaranteed increase on top of that. This math is just not adding up to one point five percent. I don't know where it's math, coming from. Math is, you know, so passe to Dave Ramsey. I, I think he's <laughs> he's just sort of on to other things. You know, it's the language yeah. of the aliens for Dave Ramsey. I think. Yeah. So we do have some fun that we'd like to introduce you to. We we recorded uh, an interview with Pamela Yellen, and the episode title uh, uh, promised you a battle royale between Dave Ramsey and Pamela Yellen. So we'd love to actually and more proof, right? So we're going to have Pamela on this show now. Share with you the listening audience two of her actual real bank on yourself policies. Now, who is Pamela Yellen? She started the bank on yourself revolution. She wrote the book years ago. She started the business many years ago to get the word out and market this idea. And we've been privileged to be partners with her for years in business. So we had her on our podcast and we'd love to share that interview with you now. She will go into some specifics, the three arguments Dave Ramsey makes about whole life insurance, and she just eviscerates all three. I hope you enjoy this uh, uh, fascinating interview with Pamela Ellen. Well, so we've got in front of us here some some actual policy statements. These are, I'm looking at one in particular now. This is one that was started September 15th, 2002. September 15th, 
2002, and we're looking at the very first year's annual statement, uh, September 15th, uh, 2003. Now, how is this policy, the one that I'm looking at here, and we'll include it on our show notes for those of you listening, how is this one, Pamela, different than what Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman might be talking about? Okay, well, yeah, I, I, that's why I, I you know, published this policy, because it does show you, it gives you the proof that the financial experts don't know about bank, anything about bank on yourself whole life policies. Um, first of all, the financial gurus, gurus will consistently tell you not to buy whole life insurance because your equity or cash value in the, in the, in the policy is going to grow too slowly. And they'll say, you won't have any equity at all for the first right. year, two, maybe even three. And to prove that that's simply not true of bank on yourself type whole life insurance policies, I show a state, this statement from the policy uh, issued in 2002, one year later, and it shows that it already has nearly $3,000 in cash value at the end of the, the first year. And it wasn't a very large policy. It was written with a death benefit under $250,000. But in one, just one year, my cash value had grown to nearly $3,000. And that was really exciting because if I had needed to get my hands on some money in a hurry, I could have borrowed 85 to 90% of that $3,000 with a bank on yourself policy loan, no questions asked. So that was number one. And number two, uh, the financial gurus, and I use that term with quotes, will tell you that it's going to be in addition to claiming that you're not going to have any cash value for a while, they will state that your death benefit, and this is one of the major reasons they tell you, there's three major reasons they tell you not to buy these policies, and I, I destroy all three of them with this. But uh, one of them is that they say that the death benefit remains level throughout the life of the policy. It never grows, and that's not of a dividend-paying whole life policy. Not only can it have cash value at the end of the first year, but your death benefit grows. And what that does, in just the first year, that my policy, the death benefit increased by more than $8,000. And that's fantastic because what that does, which term insurance does not do, is it gives you built-in inflation protection. You need that protection from inflation. If you have a term policy, if it's a 10- or 20-year policy, it doesn't grow. So you've lost all that value to insurance, so to uh, inflation over the years. So that's uh, a, another you know, wonderful thing about these policies. Your cash value, you do have significant cash value in the first year, and your death benefit grows, so it keeps up with inflation. Let me, uh, let me step right in there, too. And, and as I'm looking at this annual benefit statement, first off, Pamela, I noticed that $5,314 was your premium or the money you contributed to this policy. And the cash value at the end of year one was almost 3000 bucks, and your death benefit grew by $8,000. So you put in 5000 Pretty good on a yeah. $5,000 premium. I'll say. And, and so where did, I mean, the, the, the specific mechanics of this policy is pretty phenomenal. 
And the key the key feature is. is the is that paid up editions writer, right? Say say some more about that, that paid up PUA yeah. writer and how that works. Yeah. yeah, the paid up editions writer is one of the secrets to a bank on yourself type uh, life insurance policy. Uh, a large portion of your premium is directed into that rider, and that paid-up editions rider is the most efficient way to, to grow a policy. Uh, so, you know, the, the, adding that rider, which, which many advisors will not do, not your agency, obviously, but many advisors will not add that rider because they get almost no commission on the money you put into the paid-up additions rider, it goes to build your cash value in the most efficient way possible. Meanwhile, yeah, the uh, the death benefit grew more than your contribution. Uh, you know, there's another there's another yep. objection I hear from the Dave Ramseys and the Susie Ormans, and that is that when you pass away, the insurance company keeps your cash value, and all they give you is the death benefit. What would you say to them uh, if they were yeah, in the room here? I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. They keep your cash value, <laughs> and they... They like to word use the word confiscate. They confiscate because that's a very emotionally charged word. Your cash value is not that way in a bank on yourself type policy. And uh, you know, I think when they see the materials that you're you're going to give them, they can see this very very well visually. But here's basically, uh, you know, I give an example of a different policy. And it illustrates a couple things. The first thing that this policy that I I used here, um, this one was issued on at the end of January 1992, and I show the statement for the year 2009. 2009 was a year that was absolutely awful, one of the worst ever for stock and real estate investors. Uh, in fact, the S and P 500 was down 40 percent during that period, that one-year period, covered by my policy statement. And I show, which is the beauty of this, I show that during that year when the market lost 40%, my cash value, that equity in the plan, increased by $12,200 that year, $12,200, which was two and a half times more than the premium I paid that Okay, year. wait a minute. Before you go any further, Pamela, so what you're saying is you threw in, and I'm looking at it here too, $4,975, so about five grand, and it grew in the, the, the beginnings of the greatest financial calamity since the Great Depression. Your policy, not only did it hold firm, but it actually grew by two and a half times your contribution that year alone. That's correct, and I know plenty of people who would have given their right arm for just a fraction of that growth. Wow. Or just avoiding so that's, the loss. That's number... well, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was just saying, or, or just, you know, they would have traded their right arm just to avoid the loss. Like, you know, no growth, yeah, just, exactly. just don't exactly. give me that 40% all, hit. Yeah, yeah, there was no loss, and, and these policies don't lose money when the markets crash. They do keep growing, though. Mm-hmm. And now let's go ahead and yeah. address... The uh, insurance company keeps my cash value when I die complaint. Um, so in this statement, uh, what, what I discovered is that, you know, be, we talked about many advisors know only about whole life insurance policies where the death benefit stays level. But when you have a dividend-paying policy 
and you're, you include that paid-up additions rider, what happens is you do get growth in the death benefit as well. And so this is, uh, I'm trying to see if I can explain this in a, in a simple way without people seeing the visual at the same time. But when this, the example I give is that this particular whole life policy was issued in 1992 with a death benefit of $250,000. But by the time the annual statement was issued in 2009, the death benefit had increased from $250,000 to almost $400,000. So over those 17 years, the death benefit increased by more than 50 which actually did keep up with inflation that we experienced during that period of time. And, of course, the term life policies that Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman love to push haven't kept up with inflation at all. So where it becomes interesting is that the policy statements shows that not only has the death benefit increased by over $140,000, but the cash value also increased, obviously. And what I show is that if you take the current death benefit on that statement, about $390,000, which that's what the company would have paid my husband had I died on the date of that statement. In 2009. So yeah, it's more than the original death benefit, which was $250,000, plus the cash value I had at that time, $128,000. It was actually over $12,000 more that had something happened to me on that day. My husband would have gotten $12,000 more than the original death benefit and the cash value combined. Let me... So, oh my goodness! So I, I, yeah, and that's because the experts aren't yeah. talking a policy about policies that pay def- dividends. Fabulous stuff, Pamela. So let me see if I'm if I'm just uh, summarizing what I've heard you say. When you bought this policy back in 1992, it was two hundred fifty thousand dollars of death benefit, and by the time 2009 rolled around, you had a cash value alongside your death benefit of one hundred twenty-eight thousand bucks. And if someone was to say, "All right, well, if..." Pamela had passed in 2009. We can say that because we know you didn't. That's great. Uh, If you had passed in that year, the insurance company, Dave or Susie might say, uh, will confiscate your cash value, that 128 grand of your own money that you saved in that thing. Uh, But what we're looking at here, plain as day, is that your death benefit is your original death benefit of 250,000 plus your cash value of 128,000 plus an extra 12 grand that just sort of appeared so to speak, out of nowhere through dividends, I suppose, and the PUAs that you've purchased. So that's the original death benefit, the cash values amount, plus even more that would have been paid to your exactly. husband if you had passed. Exactly. That's what, what more evidence do they need? And you did a good summary. You did a good summary. And so that totally trashes their argument that they confiscate your cash value. You, get, you can get the original death benefit plus the cash value and then some. As I did, as it would have, as as clear as, as day in the policy statement that I show. Great stuff. Well, uh, so as we're kind of wrapping up here, uh, what's missing from this policy? Do you see anything that you would love to have added to your brand new bank on yourself policies? This twenty second policy that you might get. Is there any new innovations that you're seeing on the horizon 
uh, or writers well, or anything that you would want to add to new policies you add to your portfolio? What I didn't know back then, and uh, and the way you folks at Lake Rose structure your policies is you also you add a third another rider that allows both your cash value and your death benefit to increase even more. And I don't know that we'll get into all the details of that, but it is absolutely why people should work with you guys. They should work with Lake Growth because you know exactly how to structure a policy correctly to maximize both the cash value and the death benefit for the clients and to show them how to use their policy over their lifetimes to enjoy all kinds of financial security and other benefits, be in a position to fire their banker and become their own source of financing, and to be able to uh, have take advantage of opportunities when they come up mm-hmm. and to be able to finance a retirement, to save money for a retirement that you know the money is going to be there when you need it. And so I would recommend everybody, if they're not already working with you, they should reach out to you and have you, have, have you look at their situation and design a custom-tailored plan that will help them reach their financial goals and dreams without taking any unnecessary risks. Oh, Pamela, well, thank you for that. That's very kind of you. And, uh, you know, what we're trying to hopefully bring to our audience today is uh, something new, something not average, something that helps us all think a little bit different about our money uh, and about how we're going to live this life. I mean, money is a part of life. And what Pamela has shown us and what she's really given the better part of two decades or more of her life to has been this strategy. Uh, And I think it makes a difference in how someone actually lives. All right. And so thank you so much to Pamela for uh, doing that kind of comparison with us and kind of playing that little game with us where we were looking at, um, you know, kind of the claim versus the reality. And I think it just goes to show that um, not that, you know, Dave Ramsey or those people's, you know, those claims are necessarily false. They're just not necessarily based on um, you know, the, the case for all life insurance. And I think that's kind of like the big distinction is, yes, that may be true of some life insurance, but not necessarily all. But he makes these claims as if this is true of all whole life insurance and end of story, no conversation. Whereas it's like, okay, but what about, you know, there possibly being another type that could circumvent those downsides or kind of overcome them with other good positives. And those are just kind of seem to be the positives he's just not willing to like acknowledge or look at. Um, So we appreciate Pamela getting real personal with us and sharing her own policies, Mm -hmm. her own numbers to put some um, actual concrete proof behind what we're saying. These aren't just words. These are, you know, real numbers, real lives um, and real people that are experiencing maybe something a little contrary to what Dave might say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it is fun to kind of play these little games, do these comparisons and challenge Dave's arguments and kind of go at it and kind of have this battle royale, Mark, as you mentioned. Um, but I don't really want our main message to get lost in it. And and really our, our main message in, in it is this, just make sure that you just listen to both sides of the argument, you know, weigh the pros, weigh the cons of all sides um, and make an educated decision for yourself as what as is you know as to what is best for your family you know kind of in this you know term versus whole life fight you know i expect that there will 
always be a clear winner for everyone, but I do not expect that the winner will be the same for everyone, you know? So it's like everyone's going to have a clear winner, but that doesn't mean the winner is always going to be the same. And Dave's argument is that it will. Yeah. It will. It will always be term. Always, always. And, the only reason you, you should know, ever own whole life is because someone sold it to you. That's his own, you know, his way of looking at things, which is just words. not true. Yeah. You you have all the little Dave Ramsey-isms, yeah. so yeah. you can like yeah. throw those. I don't, ha- I don't have them sunk in there. You, you so. don't have that baked into your uh, no. motherboard. All no. right, good. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and unlike Dave Ramsey, I would never go on the record to say term insurance is the only life insurance worth buying. But right. I'd also probably never go on the record to say whole life is the only life insurance worth buying for everyone. I agree. You know, I wouldn't make that same reverse statement either. Um, you know, whole life insurance might be the only life insurance I think is worth buying for me and my family right now based on current circumstances. But that doesn't mean that things can't change for me either. And that maybe term insurance might make sense um, for myself down the road at another point. And there can be some good uses for term insurance. I mean, buying additional coverage when you can't afford enough whole life. I mean, term Mm -hmm. is a great way to kind of give yourself a little bit of a buffer and fill that gap um, in case of your passing. You can be used to protect your insurability. You know, make sure you have some approved, um, you know, term insurance that you can actually convert to whole life. So in that way, it kind of protects um, your ability to be able to get whole life insurance in your future. Holly, you just said something really important. I don't know if we've ever really brought that up on this uh, show before, but yeah, you're right. You can convert. If you have a term insurance policy and you want to look carefully at the provisions for this in your contract, but you are able in many cases to change your term insurance over to a whole life policy. Uh, And usually that helps give you some of the benefits that we're describing. Now there's some gotchas when you do that. You want to make sure your term even allows for conversion. Mm -hmm. But two, you want to make sure what you're converting it to. Not all whole life is created equal either. But you're right. Uh, So term insurance, we have a lot of clients that have term insurance policies with the intent on their pay raises and future income to change those over to true bank on yourself type whole life policies. So great Mm -hmm. stuff. Great ideas. Yeah. And so we're protecting their insurability in case something would happen. You know, the worst should happen um, and they become uninsurable and then they can never get any more. It it kind of protects that for them. So, um, you know, not all term is necessarily a ripoff either. You know, there are some good uses for it. So whenever you hear any sort of sage wisdom from anyone, whether it's Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman, your uncle, your neighbor, your best friend, you know, Joe down the street who you didn't even ask for the advice from, you know, just think about it before you act. You know, maybe there's a whole lot of value to their idea. Maybe there's not though too. (laughs) So, you know, the whole goal of this podcast after all is to get you thinking different, not all thinking average. So that is hopefully the message that you take away from this, even though we know it can kind of come back, come come across a little combative. Um, but it's all in good fun, and we hope you guys have found some great value in it. So thank you again for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.